1: From the people who turned a niche Scottish football podcast into a critically acclaimed TV show on the BBC. It's Review from the Terrace. A pop culture podcast network Hello
2: and welcome to the Still Game Podcast My name is Bethany Tenick
1: Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Scottish Rewatchable Hello and welcome to Review from Turnbuckle Debating the best in movies, iconic TV shows, classic albums, PP era wrestling and so much more Some intern got fired for that, like I'd <laughs> <laughs> be like, Jared! And what would you have done? <laughs> Loved it, what a moment, what a moment Review from the Terrace brings together a collection of professionals Pals, misfits, and special guest interviews. The one and only Ewan Angus. G Telfer. Director of Sto Games, Michael Hines. That's review from the terrace, a newly created podcast network with at least two shows dropping every week. Hi, neighbour. Good to see you, man. Good to see you, man. Been no a long time, man. <laughs> Many people will say it's the biggest moment in the history of this. It's about thirty-five. <laughs> <laughs> Find us on ACast or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: Hello and welcome to Stop Hammer Time and uh, falling in line with our recent two games per podcast uh, format. Uh, we're doing that again. And uh, as we've become very used to, we, we now just win those games routinely, don't we? <laughs> and uh, this week we have done that. And here to triumphantly discuss those, glo- gloatingly, gloatingly talk about those games are, as always, Jim Grant. Good evening. And uh, joining us again, one of our favorite guests on this podcast and podcaster of his own, and we'll talk a little bit about that later, it's Sam Delaney. Hi, Hello. Sam. Uh, in fact, you have, uh, you have rebooted the U Irons podcast, uh, cunningly, yeah. cunningly uh, rebranding by changing, changing you to you. You've, you've turned. Yeah, a, take a, a that, sort of,
3: the athletic.
0: Yeah. You've <laughs> turned a pun into a non pun.
3: You turned yeah, U Irons exactly.
0: into U Irons. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I
3: flipped it on them. They, no right. one could see that coming. No, no. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was it, 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 the U Irons was a podcast that I did for the Athletic about West Ham. And then at the end of the season, I think we'd done it for about just one whole season, they said we're not we don't want to we don't want to do that anymore. We only want to do Liverpool and Man U podcasts. Fine. And uh but then me and Rashane, who's their West Ham correspondent, decided that we quite missed doing it. So we thought, OK, well, we'll, we'll relaunch it ourselves as an independent. And I said to the, I said to the athletic, look, we're just going to start this back up again. Is that all right with you? And they ummed and they ahed about it for some reason. Mm. So I said, all right, well, I'll show you. I'll simply add a Y and an O onto the name <laughs> and make it U-irons. <laughs> and I shall see you in court. Yes. Um, but I'm yet to receive any correspondence from their lawyers. And I was also took the the diabolical liberty of posting it on the Stop Hammer Time Facebook page. Yes, now using your platform to promote Mm -hmm. my rival podcast. Yeah,
0: um, there's very little we can do about it because, as you've as you've already implied in your earlier utterance of about eleven seconds ago, Mm -hmm. you are one of Britain's greatest litigants.
3: Yeah, I am. Yeah
0: we have the right. queen's Council, i have to say our our uh, our, our we have uh, we have two top flight barristers and a lawyer i know
3: i've, I've heard the barristers and the yeah. lawyer yeah i know no. you're you're very you're you're mobbed up yeah so yeah, well, I've, they're, they're, you know i've, yeah. I've we have
2: the have laid down a marker of, the, here. of
3: british law on yes. our side yeah, well yeah. i don't know if you remember there was a hooligan documentary in the 80s um uh, i can't remember it was a panorama about hooliganism one of the many they made and there was a scene <laughs> that we were the you know my mates and I were obsessed with at the time when West Ham they were at it was West Ham Millwall mm-hmm. and so the cameras had gone down with the police van and there's a famous moment in it when the ICF turn up at the main Millwall pub and start destroying it and the police won't, are refusing to get out the van to deal with it and all you hear is one of them on the cv going this is what you call it's a policeman commentating on the hooliganism rather than doing it i'm sorry they've come here they've sung their songs they've smashed up their pubs i'm sorry but this is what you call west ham taking liberties at millwall right (laughs) which became something something of a cult line amongst me and my mates this is what you call west ham taking liberties at millwall and i'm afraid lads this is what you call you, Irons, taking liberties at time. Yeah, I feel yeah. I feel a bit guilty about it, but I just hope it doesn't get nasty. Hope it doesn't turn into a sort of Tevez affair.
0: No, no, absolutely, absolutely. It's uh, I think I think we can coexist as two podcasts uh, in the Pantheon are about West Ham. You clearly don't. Mm. You want to drive us out of business by first of all, I want in, to, in, I want, first I, first of all, I won't rest. Our, our Facebook group yeah. and then <laughs> buying a massive transmitter <laughs> like like the Crystal Palace yeah. Tower and sort of building it on yeah. top of my flat
3: I'm gonna yeah I'm gonna just start I mean I'm here now I've parked my tanks on your lawn <laughs> right, I'm actually right. on your podcast
0: oh yeah, yeah. oh I yeah. see so, yeah. to be
3: fair right. to be fair I did I did say and this is true to a piece because I didn't unless your legal team That I was scared of more of Jim. I thought you might pump Jim up with vodka and and then just hand him my address and say you know what to do, right? Yeah. yeah. Obviously, I was intimidated by that prospect, so I did write when I posted the link to my own podcast that Stop Having Time remains my favourite West End. Yeah, we saw that. Which is true. I actually prefer piece of Tony. No, no. No, I prefer. This is infuriating,
0: Jim. This is having the opposite effect. um, Jim is slowly becoming more furious.
3: I prefer stop hammer time to my own podcast. There, I said it. Right. This is a better. My podcast is shit, and this one is good.
0: Right. Right. Finally, you see, if we put our heads together, we can come yeah, up. With, yeah, we can come yeah, up yeah. with the right solution, like um, yeah. it's like the Northern Ireland peace agreement.
3: Now, <laughs> there <you go>. exactly. <laughs>
0: well, we played two games of football last week. Um Martin right
3: McGuinness.
0: <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um. I, I read a very good book about the IRA earlier. I think I've plugged oh, this book on this. Nice. Yes, I have. Yeah, yeah. I think you have,
3: yeah. Yeah. Have.
0: yeah, yeah. I won't go on about it. In fact, Leon, I think you think uh, you, you asked for that recommendation, so I won't plug that book again. Um,
3: Phil, maybe yeah. you should do a separate podcast just about the IRA. About the
0: IRA. Yeah. yeah absolutely, yeah. Mm. Um, that should, you know, be on a s- subscriber basis, genuinely, I think, yeah,
3: I think. Yeah, I think you should have that paid yeah. for, yeah.
0: Yeah, lots of Americans would listen to that. Bostonians.
3: Not in support of them, just like a history. No, no. History and analysis of them and their activities, yeah.
0: Wink, wink. Anyway, um, so (laughs) we played in the Caribou Cup. Uh, We played uh, Manchester United. And uh, my first observation about that was uh, when we talked about the uh, Zagreb game uh, and the rotation at the time, you know, there was a slight... Uh, probably heard a slight note of alarm in my voice that the three players that really needed a rest were the ones that weren't rotated out for Zagreb, which was Rice, Suchek and Fournals. And lo and behold, for the Man U one, uh, they were all uh, replaced in the team. And uh, apart from Fournals, the other two didn't even have to put a pair of football boots on. They just went up for a social to Manchester. And uh, so that was interesting. What do we think about that rotation?
2: Um, well I think it was both expected and justified really and and the result justifies it it was b teams b team versus B team and uh, our reserves turned out to be better surprisingly uh, yeah. um, it was uh, brilliant and then they played so well they played with such intensity especially the first quarter of an hour 20 minutes absolutely in their faces um you know creating chances and you know they had a lot of shots in the game and so you know there was all you know, it, if you look at the bare stats, it looks like they've donated the game. But in reality, we had the best chances in that game, you know, by far. Especially oh, at yeah. the end.
0: Well, those three at the end, yeah, were extraordinary. Yeah. Do you watch it, Sam?
3: Yes, I did. And I, I think, you know, the season so far has been great. Lots of great results and great performances. And I think everyone's feeling generally positive. But I think that that game, in many ways was almost the most encouraging of all of them because yeah. I think we all had a sense that we were going into season with a very good first 11 that we all felt confident about in terms of the personnel and the way in which they played together. But our big concern really was, mm, but have we got enough beyond that first 11? Can we really perform? And we did, and all of the players uh, who were given their chance that night really stepped up to the plate. They were fantastic. And also what we saw was another testament to what an amazing job David Moyes has done and his team, because his staff, because you still think it, it, it played just like the first team. The The, yeah. the approach yep. of all of the players, the shape of the team and the tactics was spot on, exactly the same. And we can rewind a year when we went to Everton in the League Cup and had to play a reserve team. And we got battered. And actually, the response amongst fans to that game was pretty characteristically over the top, right? (laughs) Oh, we're absolute useless with dog shit. And it was, you know, I thought a bit of an overreaction because it was our B team. But now our B team's gone up. And let's get it right. Yeah, you can say it was B team against B team. But Jesus Christ, you see United's team was yeah. absolutely unreal. I mean, we're talking like a hundred million, two hundred million pound team there.
0: Yeah, that they yeah. put
3: up against us. So it might have been their reserves, but it was a team that most. That if it, if it was a team in itself, it would definitely be one that would competing for the Premier League. Title. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. No, you had like really you had
0: Fernandez, Martial, and Lingard. You know, in their attacking yeah, setup, exactly. right from right from kickoff. You know, uh, Jaden exactly. Sancho, so,
3: yeah, our on. best our, our uh, best player for most of next season, yeah. for most they, of last season, was so in their, their Fernandes, reserves.
2: Fernandes, yeah, they brought Fernandes and Greenwood on, Phil. Oh,
3: did Fernandes they? I thought Fernandez start. yeah. started. Um, but nevertheless, yeah. I mean, the, the ability yeah. to bring those players on. We, it was brilliant. And I think that, yeah, I do actually think there's been a lot. The season's still young, but there's already been a number of fantastic results and performances. I think that one was the most encouraging to me. Because I thought, given... suddenly, it made me believe that we could do something this season. Yeah, Because yeah. there's no way you can think, we're going to get through the whole season without any injuries or major suspensions or we well, we swapped, like we that, swapped right? out
0: our goalkeeper, our entire central defense, and our entire yeah. center midfield with new players mm. uh, now, now we've got the player who has to play every single game is Cresswell Cresswell basically <laughs> they haven't got yeah, another one so Must... Cresswell is the it, oldest is probably the oldest, on oldest on the one yeah. yeah. The sort of second oldest man on the field. Yeah, but even
3: there, you know, even there we got Masuaku and Johnson. So Masuaku, people forget, but I'm pretty sure at the beginning of last season when we first hit a good run of form, people were suggesting that he was, you know, a contender for hammer of the season before he got injured. Yeah. You know, uh, albeit playing in a more advanced role. Yeah. But when you've got him and Johnson, neither of them are natural left-backs, but we know that they both, can offer something yeah, to the yeah, team. Absolutely. Neither of them are players that you see on the team, you they oh, no, you know. And so even in that position, I mean, he hasn't played three at the back yet this season, which he no. did on a number of occasions in the Last past. Year.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I yeah. think he
3: will at some point. And I, I look forward to that because we're suddenly spoilt for choice with great centre-backs. So yeah. playing with threes, no problem. But it will also be an opportunity to unleash Masuaku, who when he yes, plays definitely. in that left-wing-back position, is so exciting to watch, you know. And you yeah, think yeah. of him linking up with Ben Rama; it could be terrifying for opposition defences. Ben Rama and Masuaku, with all the trickery that they both have, linking up down that side would be incredible.
2: Yeah, historically, I agree. when Masuaku is fit and fully firing, Moyes always plays him.
3: Yeah. he's
2: a, he's, mm. a, he's a he's an ever present when Moy when he's when he's fit historically. So whether or not, as I think you might be right, I think they're clearly. There's been you know, getting him back to match fitness has been a bit of a project. He's played a lot of full games for the under twenty threes. Um, didn't play the full game on uh, the other night against Man U. But but you know played wide left in midfield. Look yeah, you know, looked all right. In, in, uh, he has um,
0: he has fantastic feet, hasn't he? Yeah, it? really He's- good. He's. Incredible, I mean, his yeah. sort of you know, his, his touch with the ball is possibly the best in the team. His range of passing is yeah. excellent. His control is excellent. His close control when there's a couple of big defenders around him, he'll quite often wriggle out with the ball. Um,
3: well, him and Ben Rama are very, very similar. Aren't yeah, they? they are. Like the way that they can do that stuff hmm. <clears throat> with the ball at their feet and pull out stuff that you kind of haven't seen since the playground when there was one kid. Who's able to take the piss out of everyone? Yeah, yeah. Do a sort of treble nutmeg and back heel nutmeg and stuff like that. They they can both do that. Yeah, uh, but it's amazing yeah. that Ben Rama's the sort of superstar, but yeah. Masuaku, kind of our reserve fullback, is the yeah, other right. guy who's who's as skillful. It's mad.
0: Well, perhaps if he does move up to a kind of wing back position, it'll be like another kind of Antonio situation, in that he'll mm-hmm. play, you know, a big part in our attacking play. Um my man of the match was Diop. I thought Diop was fantastic. Yeah. A lot of plaudits went, um, um, <laughs> you know, um, Dawson's Dawson. way. Dawson. Dawson's way. But I yeah. thought, um, you know, when he first played under Pellegrini, and let's not forget, that was a 10th place finish under Pellegrini and Dawson and Diop was our centre-back for nearly every one of those games with either partnered with Balbuena or Ogbonna. And, you know, we were going, we've got a fantastic player here. Mourinho was talking about signing him. So there's been a sort of, you know, notion lately that he's a bit rubbish, uh, and that clearly, you know, Dawson and Ogbonna and now uh Zuma are better. But I thought, you know, he did look like the um the Diop of that season, who was fantastic, and even seemed to have added Heading to his game, because I think during the Pellegrini season, I remember sort of saying, for someone so tall, he's surprisingly poor in the air. But he, you know, they got quite a few corners, Man and he was heading them away with his great height. Yeah he, he, yeah,
2: he was great. I mean, you know, it's the consistency through the team is so impressive, as Sam was suggesting earlier. And, you know, the fitness is there. It's not like they've been not, not playing in the, in the team and the, you know, let the fitness go. You know they come; they're ready to go when they when they when they come in, um, and all those guys had, had had terrific games. Big shout out for Fredericks, for example, who yeah. you know has, again he's another one who's who's been dismissed by by a lot of fans online, but actually I thought that was very good in um, in Zagreb, and I thought it was terrific. I mean, you know, the work for the goal. I mean, to burst through four players, nutmeg goes yeah. go straight through with pace. Pull it back into the right area for the goal was absolutely
3: fantastic. It was a real well, shame. Imagine, been, you know, imagine if with the injury, but... you know, Sancho, if Sancho, Martial, Fernandez, you know, these players who they are playing for them, that's the sort of stuff you would expect. Or even Ronaldo, to be fair. I mean, yeah. you know, I'm not, don't worry, everyone. I'm not yeah. comparing Ryan Fredericks to Cristiano Ronaldo. I don't, I don't, I'm not saying he's the other one. No, <laughs> Ronaldo and Messi, Fredericks. Yeah. The three. To have one generation blessed with not one, not two, but three all-time greats like that. No, but it, I mean, it was, it, like you said, it was just incredible. You know, we're trying to break down the defence and our reserve right back just burst past them with a piece of, you know, outrageous skill and athleticism, just yeah. blast through the defence. So yeah. gutted for him that he then had to go off.
2: Yeah, it's a real Because it's a real I
3: always trend. think, He's one of those players who's got, who, who's got a lot of ability, but he de- he de- you can see by the look on his face, I always think he looks so nervous and yeah. upset about something. I worry about him. Mm. And I always think he needs to believe <laughs> in himself more. But, you know, I've never, I have never believed in a West Ham manager as much as I believe in David Moyes. No, ever. I don't have a video on no, that.
2: Absolutely.
3: absolutely. And that I mean, you know, satisfying... I, look, I look at all of them and I think they're all going to get better. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, they're absolutely. all going to get better. Yeah, like you yeah, look at Masuaka you yeah. think, Masuaka will become a better player. Of course, yeah, Diop's yeah. improved because they're yeah. not just leaving Diop and thinking, well, he's, he's not good enough. We'll keep him on the bench and we'll call him in when we need him. They're yeah. coaching him to be better every day. They're, they're clearly making all of them ready for the yeah, call-ups absolutely. to the first team. Like not, yeah, yeah. all right, just rest and we'll pay attention to you when we need you. Yeah. Everyone is is sharp enough to step in and do a good job yeah. straight away.
0: We'll just carry on after this message. Welcome back. Sorry, Jim, you were saying.
2: I I was saying it makes you worry a little bit about where some of the uh, online anger is going to go because West Ham online fans love Mm -hmm. to have a kind of figure who is this, you know, is this season's kind of shit player. And it, yeah. let's face it, in the past, yeah. there usually has been a shit player that you can perfectly, justifiably jump yeah. on. Well, but sometimes you're spoilt for running choice. Out, running out of candidates, aren't they? Well, I mean, I mean towards know, the
0: end of last season, there, there was such a scarcity of uh, shit players to unload on that... Dawson had to play as a converted shit player because he made one or two mistakes, and so now the West Ham fans are going. He's the only he's the only weak link, really. And yeah. you know, when we signed Zuma, there was a little bit of well, that's what we need to you know shift up a gear, get rid of him because he's a bit of a liability. He's got a mistake in him every game, and that sort of left Diop. Who there's been a strong feeling that Diop is like he's just not up to this level, despite the fact that they can't remember a season that's only fucking two seasons ago yeah, where yeah. like people were talking about him going to Manchester United and he was the central defender in a team that finished fifth under Pellegrini you know I, um,
2: but he I suddenly
0: think, turned into shit you know I and- think
2: Moyes has got to go out in January and buy a shit player because it's a real problem at yeah, got- least get somebody shit in on loan because yeah. otherwise... Well,
3: he, yeah. he said, yeah, he said we're down going. to the bare bones, didn't he? He yeah, said, yeah. when it comes to shit players, we are down to the bare bones. I've never known a crisis like it, and I've had to turn to Craig Dawson, as one of the senior pros, and said, yeah. you, Sorry, listen, Craig. you're going to have to play shit for a few weeks. And he said, Gaffer, I'm just yeah. happy to be in the team. I'll do whatever you need from me. Yeah. And that's a mark of his professionalism.
0: You're looking at, yep. you know, it's like uh, David Batty, a sort of journeyman shit player who goes and sort of has a good, long, successful career as a shit footballer uh, playing at a variety <laughs> of clubs and really sort of always being able to fill that space. A utility shit player is... Yeah. Uh, is as a manager,
3: yeah. you just, you know, he's going to come in and just do a job for you.
0: Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
3: but, you know, it's like, we, listen, lad, we need someone to come in, be shit, soak up some fan abuse, yeah. And then we'll see at the end of the season, we'll have another look at your contract at the end of the season.
0: Yeah, yeah,
2: absolutely.
3: Definitely. Absolutely. We need, yeah, we need one. Um,
0: yeah. You want a player whose uh, who's celebration is that sort of shrug and lowering of the head when they walk away from when they've managed to kick the ball into their own net from the kickoff. Yeah. You know, that sort of, <laughs> <Yeah>. that <laughs> kind of resign. I like
3: to have a player who looks perennially consumed by shame.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. um
3: Ash- Ashamed to be there.
0: Yeah, yeah. My my sort of one of my abiding memories is being at, at whatever end it was when Mike Newell turned towards us and, and mouthed the words, "I'm trying." <laughs> yeah. After being booed oh, by God. the fans, that was like that's the kind of lowest I've yeah. seen oh, a footballer bad, be it? on the pitch.
3: But but. Some players didn't care. Like, the worst one ever for me, and God knows we've seen a lot of shit players, was Lee Chapman. Because Lee Chapman was so bad, but he carried himself with a sort of an arrogant swagger. Yeah. As if to say, listen, right, I played in Leeds United's championship winning team and I'm married to Leslie Ash out of Quadrophenia. So you you horrible west ham fans should be privileged that i'm here playing shit for you yeah yeah you
0: could
3: have a you could have a really i'm a high class shit player yeah <laughs> you know yeah and there that, that was that, what annoyed me about him
0: yeah there were young there were young west ham fans that um look at the kind of stats of those seasons and chapman chapman did score you know he scored some goals he scored on his debut for us oh, didn't some he good goals. and and um And, you know, Rob Banks' YouTube sort of compilation sort of paint quite a rosy picture of Lee Chapman. But we were there, and what you saw was whenever he fucked up, he did that... um Pointing, going, I wanted the ball there. I wanted it there. Yeah. You would have never fucking got to it if it was there because you can't run fast enough. You know, he 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 couldn't run.
3: He was a proper, he was a cart horse and he was arrogant with it. Because I remember Ian Dowie came in uh, not long afterwards. That's right. Ian Dowie was just as limited, wasn't he? There were similar sort of players. He was just as limited in terms of his pace and technical ability. But fans liked Ian Dowie because yeah. Ian yeah, yeah. Dowie was not arrogant. He was yeah. doing his best, right? He was yeah. working hard in every game and he had a sort of a charisma whereby yeah. the fans sort of respected his effort. Lee Chapman uh, would just yeah. came across like an arsehole who looked like well, he, he was doing us a favour to be yeah, there. That, yeah.
2: That's exactly it. I, I do think he was a better player than Ian Dowie, but the point is by the time he got to us and he'd had his career, he'd been at, you know Forest and Leeds and wherever and had scored some good goals... It was that, that air of that I'm I'm really demeaning myself. I'm doing you an utter favour. You you bastards playing yeah. for you. You should be fucking. And I wouldn't mind, but we s- the
3: we signed him from Portsmouth and he turned us down. What happened was he turned us down. I think Redknapp site tried to sign him in the summer. He turned us down. He went to bloody Portsmouth yeah. over us, and then and then later on in the season when he realised he couldn't actually get a game at Portsmouth. And we sold Julie and Dick, so we had some money. They're, only then did we get which is classic bit of daft Harry Redknapp business. Yeah. You know, yeah. <laughs> I'll, get, I'll get that bloke, that ageing cart horse who's turned us down in the summer and now is six months older.
0: Redknapp had a thing of kind of, you could see in his mind, he was going, one day that player will play for us. And
3: inevitably
0: they yes. did. Um, Neil Ruddon, yeah. I always thought Neil Ruddon mm. will be a West Ham player yeah. at some point near the end of it. Yeah, he it was, was written
3: in the stars, wasn't it? And did yeah. he
2: sign Robert Lee? I mean I, it knows...
3: Yeah, Robert Lee is the old Yeah, well, he Robert was always so. going to come. She was a huge West Ham fan. Yeah, and, yeah. Everett, and I think we tried to sign him even... From Charlton, before he even yeah. went to Newcastle, which I'd say uh, he yeah, was yeah. like, and we didn't end up actually getting him until he was about 100. Although oh, yeah. I don't think that was Redknapp. I think that came I think think might might been. Yeah. Or, Could have uh, been in the uh,
2: Championship. He yeah. was in that category as well,
3: wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Another West Ham fan. Yeah, Koncheski. Um, A lot of these yeah. players who are West yeah. Ham. I mean, it, look, put it this way, it's only because people like Harry Redknapp are no longer involved in our club that we have not signed, <laughs> what's his name, Voldemar off of Newcastle.
0: Yeah. 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 Yeah.
3: Cause Shelby's yeah. another one that you just sort of think, Shelby's must've played for us by now. Has he still yeah. not played for us? I mean, he'll, he will yeah. play for us, but the thing is taking us back to David Moyes under David Moyes, we will not sign players like that. We will not sign typical West Ham players. Yeah. Right. No. Because he, he's got standards. He came in and he's just brought standards, but the right kind of standards, because in the past you had managers like Pellegrini, who came in and believed they were going to introduce higher standards to West Ham. Yeah. But what they actually did was come in and think, I'm going to try and manage West Ham like I managed Real Madrid or Man City. Yeah. Yeah, and think, yeah. well, that's not going to work because we're West Ham. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, then you got other managers, they come in, they think, Oh, it's just West Ham. I'll go out and sign fucking John Joe Shelby. That will shut all their moaning fans up. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that, but what we got with David Moyes was a man who was perfect. He's like a good manager, but he understands where West Ham are and, and where realistically they could be.
0: Yeah.
3: And he just yeah, yeah. is doing and he's sort of introducing standards but realistic standards. So he's not thinking, oh, I'll just Give me a load of money and I'll sign a, a winger from Lazio and a top striker from the Bundesliga and it'll all fall into place like Pellegrini. Yeah, it's like, yeah. no, I'm going to really work hard and get exactly the right level of player who is just motivated enough to come to West Ham, be happy and proud to play for West Ham and have something to prove in their career to push them forward. Because yeah, I always I'm thought a- what we did, we always signed players... Who kind of were disappointed because they were taking a step down to be yeah, with us, yes, exactly. and therefore they're a bit shrugging. Oh, well, whatever. I'll probably move on. Um, this is a bit poxy anyway. But yeah. every player he has in the, the team now has either come from the championship, come from the youth team, or come from somewhere like, uh, you know, you got what, like, a, a, yeah, or yeah, exactly. You come from like the championship, the youth team, or bloody Prague. Right from a from a lesser league, so the only player he signed in, who's could, who you could say is taken a step down, would be Zuma because Zuma's already a French international, yeah. won the Champions League and all of that. But clearly, he did a lot of due diligence on Zuma because Zuma, by all accounts, has a fantastic character. Yeah. Did want to come to West Ham, understands what it's about, and is happy to be there. He's not thinking, well, oh, well, and, and like, the kind of difference. I kind of wanted to go to City, but oh, well, never mind. The yeah. key
2: difference with Zuma is his age. Yeah. You know, the, the thing is yes. those kind of players in the past it's been Lundberg or, you know, or someone like that coming, mm. you know, just to, just to, just you know to cash in their pension really. Yeah. Whereas Zuma yeah. is in the prime of his career.
0: And Vlasić, you know, uh Vlasić yeah. When we, you know, failed to sign Lingard, but instead we signed a, a very hungry 23-year-old international who wants yes. to come in and wants to do a good job, gets what we're like, plays like players yeah. we've already got, you know, um, which yeah. is sort of a downside yeah. in a way. But in a, in a sense, if you have a kind of very distinct style and want to play on several fronts in several tournaments, well, it's quite good to have players that mm. play like your other players. <laughs>
3: <right> <laughs> I think it's. I think it's brilliant. I think he was exactly the right type of player for us to sign. Yeah, definitely. Because of the way we attack is with a lot of versatile, pacey, skillful play, uh, foot like inside forwards, wingers who can who can rotate positions. But the problem is if you if you've got three of them playing behind a striker, and one gets injured, you end up having to change the system. Yeah. If yeah. you lose one.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You know? So absolutely. I thought
3: him who, who can play in any of those positions and even play up front, apparently, if he really needs to, it was exactly the right signing. And after Bowen's performance in that League Cup game, you realise actually we were better off signing Vlasic than a centre forward who was just yeah. a straightforward centre forward, Would you know Danny Ings or whatever. I'm yeah. I'm immediately thinking, yeah, Ings is doing well at Villa, but Bowen is a better second choice for us. When we've got Vlasic, yes. you can come in and take Bowen's pace, and Bowen knows exactly how to play up front in our system. So, that's actually, I'm happy with that, you know?
0: Yeah,
2: yeah. Uh, I think, of... but, sorry, go go on, on. Jim. well, I was just going to say, I'm glad you mentioned Bowen in a way, because I think he really is a player who seems to me to have taken a, just a, a step up this season in the level of his performance, you know? Yeah. Um, mm. I think, you know, you could argue have criticised him a little bit for end product in, in the past, but and he just looks so confident now. Uh, yeah, I, I've, I really, really have been impressed with him so far this season. And I'm glad yeah. he got the well it was an it own goal, I suppose, wasn't it? But you know, he created the opening for the you know the game at Leeds. Yeah.
0: Oh, yeah.
3: he, he certainly that. takes a lot of credit. He made that happen, didn't he? It was sort of yeah. like I was getting nervous. I was. It was a point of the game where I was thinking, I think we're going to lose this. Mm. And the way that he sort of did created that goal off his own back was like it was almost like he dragged us back into it because yeah. i was thinking oh we keep missing we're not going to get this and he was just like no nah, i'm, I'm going to get us a goal i'll yeah. get the i'm going to get the ball in the back of the net here yeah
0: you know absolutely.
3: but leeds are a funny team to play against aren't they oh god because yes. yeah. i thought oh god you know people said they could have been three and a half time which is true they could have been but then so could we because we had loads of chances they? Keep and their keeper made loads of yeah. saves. And then the game was just balmy. I mean, end to end is it's a cliche, but it really was. But what was really mad was our winning goal. It was so, you just can't beat a last minute winner because I was no. more than happy with a point at that stage. I was so happy with a point. Yeah, I was too. like, fine, that's good. You know, Leeds, what a hard game to go and play up at Ellen Road. Classic West Ham losing situation. So to get the point is fine. Yeah, absolutely. And then you to were there, score, weren't you, Jim? And just nick those three points. Yeah,
2: yeah. I went, and it was brilliant. And it was uh, um, uh, for by sp- a series of kind of quirks of fate. I'd never been to Ellen Road before, and uh, uh, what an old school ground it is! Absolutely, it was old school football. Yeah. Lots and lots of aggressive kind of back and forth between the fans, really loud and noisy. Um, and it was really interesting to see Bielsa's leads in the flesh. i would seen them on the telly, but, you know, it's not the same, is it, when you mm. see... Their intensity was bonkers. I mean, you could you could see... But yeah. I turned to Chris Miles, who, who I went with, um, and I said, no way can a team keep this up for 90 minutes. It's absolutely impossible. And no. honestly, they fell off a cliff at 70 minutes. Yeah. Uh, I, w- I, was, yeah. Um, I would have been disappointed if we'd not won that. I don't... I, I, we absolutely bossed that second half, um, and
3: yeah, we did. Yeah. Uh,
2: to be fair, Rafinha was the best player on the pitch for, for the time that he, yes. he was on there. He's bloody good. Mm. Um, and when he went off, I think straight off the the equaliser came a little bit out of the blue. Um, but once we'd equalised, and once he went off, honestly, we they were they were they were done. They were absolutely. Shagged yeah. Um and we had better fitness. We had we I mean all this talk about Mm. him and his fitness regimes and all that, our team held up better. And um that's incredible. Well the thing is, do
3: you think do you think that Moyes actually I mean the stats always show that we usually concede a lot of possession in all of our games, even at home sometimes. And do you think that Moyes purposefully plays? I remember I think it was in the Euros they said England. Southgate coached them to play in waves. So he, he coached them to have 20 minute spells of possession and attack. Yeah. Mm. And then to almost purposely release the ball and sort of get their shape and just sit in front of the other team for a while and contain them. Mm. And I was looking at it thinking, is that what Moyes does? Does he, does he sort of, because we do go in fits and starts, We often start very strongly. Yes. Game, yeah. You know, and create a lot of chances. and then. 15 minutes go by and sometimes we've scored, sometimes we haven't. But either way, it's almost like we. Some, I, I'm wondering, is this because I've got so much faith in Moyes, I think that anything <laughs> that goes negative against us must be part of his master plan. <laughs> I well, literally have become that much of an acolyte yeah. because I yeah. think well, actually, oh, this is know, the if, bit if, where Moyes if, says to them, yeah. let them have the ball for a while.
0: Yeah. Um, I have to say that, you know, after they scored their goal, we, I mean, I wouldn't say we fell apart, but we did seem to slightly lose the plot a little, I That's thought. True. We true, we, yes. We, um, and I couldn't see, I was watching it on TV, and I couldn't quite see what was going wrong for us, you know. I, um, you know, because obviously the two teams might as well have all had starting blocks. It really was like yeah. it was like a pair of mm-hmm. sumo wrestlers hurling themselves at each other at the beginning of that game. Yeah. And until their goal on about the 19th minute, I think, uh, we were just flying at each other. It was just end-to-end, yeah. wasn't it? But then they put the ball in the net and something... And I, I was really... You know, normally I... I it, 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 it It's something like a drop in intensity or just a drop in tempo, but it, it didn't seem to be like that in this case, and I couldn't quite see what was going wrong because um, I was going, he's got to get them in at half time and fix this, and then we'll have a better second half. But I felt like we were almost hanging on, and from that nineteenth minute to the forty fifth minute when we when we could go in and have a cup of tea and an orange.
2: Um, I think we started with incredible yeah. intensity and should have been two 0 up after ten minutes or quarter of an hour. But you're right, we yeah. had a bad spell after they scored. Basically, Rafinha gave Cresswell a torrid time. I mean, uh, um, and Cresswell was found out for for pace, I think, a little bit um, right. in, in when he was on the pitch. But also, I think we were a bit gung ho in midfield. Um, Rice was Rice is, was doing his career of, careering forward thing, um, and I think. They just sort of settled, and, and Rice played a little bit deeper and more solid in in the second half. Yeah. I think it was a little bit more organised uh, in that way. But um, you know, the, the, the I was just so impressed with the with with the, with the stamina really of, of of the team because it was a real onslaught from Leeds, and mm-hmm. uh, you know we, we, we weathered that and and ground them down in the end. Uh, it's a fantastic way think- performance.
3: Do do you think that, just what you say about Rice there, do you think that we could maybe be having a a bit of a Lampard and Gerrard situation with him and Suchet in as much as last season Suchet was a bigger goal threat because he knew that Rice was just protecting the back four. Now Rice, maybe because he did so well in the Euros and because his profiles so big, he wants to prove something about himself, Rice. He wants to be more of a Brian Robson or a David Platt, you know, a real box-to-box guy. And he wants to get, he, I can tell he's got his, he wants to get on the score sheet. He wants to get 10 goals this season. Yeah, yeah. And he's the main man. So he's thought, Do you know what? I'm going forward. And the way I see that is, that's all very well, Declan. You are the main man, but you have to score. Because if you're not scoring or getting assists, what you're doing is you're costing us the goals and assists that yeah. we know Suchek will get us. Let's not forget, Suchet was voted Hammer of the Season last season. Yes. You know? Yeah, and I think he's he's not been anywhere near his best this year. And I think there's a situation there between those two. I well, think you, that's um, actually, absolutely spot on.
0: Because it was interesting on the Facebook group, you know the Facebook group, Sam, the group you go on, and, and yeah. you think yeah. it's your you, you I, think yeah it's, yeah yeah you think yeah. it's your group. I can consi-
3: Yeah, I consider it like a home to me, yeah. a second yeah. home anyway. Yeah. The um, lads but, on there, they just love me. They love yeah. it when but, I'm there. They're like, oh, yeah. great, <laughs> Sam's there. Yeah.
0: Um, But Craig Clemson um, said that, you know, he thought that basically Moyes got them in and almost, um, you know, codified that, said, okay, Declan, Mm -hmm. I want you to protect the back four and and, uh, uh, let Thomas kind of surge. That's right. It felt like Craig was saying it was like that looked like a conscious tactical. change rather than something that you know the two of them kind of sorted out amongst themselves they they you know they deliberately went back to that because he's always gonna Declan's quite often what a lot of what he does good is running from deep anyway you know once Mm. he's got a bit of momentum going um you know, because from a standing start, he's not super quick. But once with those long mm-hmm. legs, once he gets going, he's very difficult to knock off the ball. So it probably is a bit of a better idea for him to sit a little deeper, anyway, because yeah. he can always have those runs forward. Uh,
3: the, 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 the problem that Declan Rice has got is similar to what the problem that Steven Gerrard had is that he's too good, right, to be held into a particular position because yeah. he could do anything. So the fact is, if he sits and just does the classic you know, Claude McAuley role of sitting in front of the yeah. back four, sweeping everything up, breaking down attacks, dropping into a back three where necessary. He's the best in the Premier League at doing that. Unfortunately, he is also the best in the Premier League of rampaging forward with the ball at his feet, right? Yeah. And, and so he wants to do the fun bit, right? Yeah. That was like Gerrard. When Gerard first was in the Liverpool team, he came in as a holding midfielder. But yeah. he was too good to be contained in that role. And so uh, England had to play really without a holding midfielder for years because they felt that they had to pick both Lampard and Gerrard. And Lampard yes. was good enough to be a defensive midfielder yeah. if he yeah. wanted to be. But he didn't yeah. want to be, because why would you? And that's yeah. the problem. And and the thing is that we've got... That means we could be playing without a holding midfielder. Suchet can do it, but is wasted, really, if you just ask him to sit there. And... You know, it's a small problem and it's a high class problem because it means yeah. we've got two brilliant midfielders. And it, but you do if the system calls for someone to be permanently sat there in front of the fence yeah. it, with the players we've got. That should be for me. That's got to be Declan and not Suchek because Suchek's yes. such a massive goal threat. You know? uh,
2: I think that's. I think you know that's right. And I think Craig's analysis on the on the on the Facebook post was was absolutely right. The one thing I would say though is that I think our football is evolving. Um, mm. You know, last, I think, you know, when we started to sort of, people started to sit up and take notice of the team, we were very much a counter-attacking team, scoring a lot of our goals from set pieces. We haven't scored a single yeah. set-piece goal this season. No, no, We're scoring team goals. Uh, we've, look, we've like looked poor which,
3: at set pieces, actually. Yeah, we have, in some yeah. ways, yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah. I mean, you know, I, I know we've got carried carry away with the fact that it was a last-minute win. It was all absolutely brilliant. But if you step back and you look at that counter-attack goal that we scored in their 90th minute, right from Zuma heading the ball out. uh, Antonio then collects it, lays it off. Uh, There's a bit of skill from Vlasic, then a lovely little dink ball from Kuval. Then, then, uh, rice driving forward and it is a brilliant pass curved pass into yeah. antonio oh it's Great. a brilliant pass yeah. antonio takes a slightly antonio-esque heavy touch yeah. which works out well because his pace just gets him to the defender has now committed himself because he's seen antonio has taken a heavy touch and uh and then he just calmly you know slots the ball home in a yeah, way that what a finish he wouldn't i mean done three years ago
3: um, no, I mean the thing is, I think the goal. time for people saying, "Oh, Antonio, good but unconventional," you know, bit sloppy but gets the job done. I think those days are gone. I think Antonio now is just, well, I mean, the stats alone, too. He's the best goal scorer we've had in the Premier League era, and yeah. you know, I think he, I think he has secured legend status, not yeah, just because yeah. of his goals. But because of everything he's done, he, he you know he came as an afterthought in the transfer window, in, yeah. in Bilic's first transfer yeah. window. Yeah. He, he came under the radar. He arrived on the same day as a couple of other players with signed Victor Moses on loan the same day. And they were very similar players. They're both yeah. wingers, you know, uh, very pacey wingers. And so people weren't thinking about him. It took him about half a season to break into Bilic's team. And well, an injury, then an injury to Moses.
0: An injury to Moses. Let open the door
3: yeah. for him. And then he, he straight away started scoring important goals, including a winner against Spurs. Yeah. And, you know, and he just came from nowhere. And he's been through all that stuff, being played at right back, being played all over different positions, never being really certain of where he was expected to play, having to kind of transfer into centre-four, which I'm sure at first he didn't like, but said he'd just do it. He's had yeah. times where his form's dipped and the fans have got on his back. He is one of the most likeable characters we've ever had at West Ham if you look at everything about him the, you know his charisma his personality his positivity the man is I think he's incredible I'd love to see him lead the team out one day you know yeah, when, yeah, yeah. when Declan's not there one or whatever day, yeah, yeah and I, I just I just think the bloke's a legend I mean and and also if you look at the way in which his players evolved at the age of 30 that take as a lot of people said on Twitter, if that had been Lukaku who'd scored that goal, people yeah. would have been raving about yeah, it. Yeah. That was but an amazing goal to score in the 90th minute.
2: It was. It was a fantastic goal. Um the commentators and pundits were having orgasms over Arsenal's breakaway goal. And and it's like not in the yeah. same it's you know, it's that's a good goal. It's a good breakaway goal, whatever. Yeah. But the elements, that, that in our, if that had been Liverpool scoring now on Man City, the people, it would have been endlessly analysed on Match the yeah. day and whatever. And at the moment, oh. I'm really glad we're still under the radar. Under the radar. Yeah,
3: yeah. I really think it's good for us. He's, um... um, he's, um... I, I
0: don't know... Go on, go on, Sam. Sorry.
3: So, I was going to ask you both. Do you think, and I know it's early, so it's a bit of a cheeky question, but do you think we're better than we were last year. Because I, I look at it and I think, that, like you said, Jim, we've evolved. We've got more We've got I, more I strings we are, to our bone yeah. out.
2: Yeah, I think yeah. We are. I think there's a confidence and, that comes from the habit of winning as well that, that you see in yeah. the team. I, we went 1-0 down against Leeds and do you know what? I, I honestly never thought we were going to lose that game. I really didn't mm. and, and we've well, we done it three in times the ground, against
0: Leeds haven't we um, yeah. you know we've done it three times now they're, they're, they're all games that feel like you know we certainly didn't murder them and in fact almost you could kind of go you know we we sort of got away with one there we sort of won but we've done it three times so that's it yeah. kind of stops being it stops being the kind of uh exception and starts being the rule if you do it three times you know um and uh uh, I think that is the fact that we stay in the game, the whole game. And that I don't think I've seen that as much under Yeah, I mean, any look manager. at United.
3: When we, when we lost to Man U, there was, in any other situation, any other season, and any other club in the Premier League, bar City and Chelsea or Liverpool, like the idea that you've led, you've had a really good game, but that they've beaten you with two... Very good goals, particularly the second goal of Lingard. And you just yeah. in the end you think two one, close match. We gave it our best. You've got to expect to lose these games. Oh well. But not this West Ham. We no, got no. we won our penalty in the last minute. And, you know, we fucked that up. But that should have been a point, that game. And that yeah, yeah. point would have been oh, a fair, fair result, yeah. easily. Yeah. Well, yeah, wouldn't yeah, have ni- it? That wouldn't have been a stolen point. It would have been no, the least I- we deserved. And I think that, you know, you can't forget that either because the, the penalty miss and the mix-up over that notwithstanding, that is another example of how we fight to the end and always yeah. believe we're going to win. Yeah, yeah. David Moyes, I think, probably feels like you, Jim. I think part of him sort of thinks fuck me, we're not getting the respect we deserve here because we are a serious team. Let's not forget, people go mad over Leicester. We have smashed Leicester three times in a row.
0: Yeah. And
3: they are the closest team to us and where we want to be. Yes. And people categorise them. And people mention Leeds and Villa in the same breath as us. And when we came up against Leeds, and, and the pundits and the commentators, they absolutely love Leeds. BLS is so trendy isn't he all the hipsters love him and the cl- oh yeah. Leeds this Leeds that we smashed Leeds twice last season we smashed them again we, we really smashed Leicester three times yeah. in a row yeah. outside of those top four teams we're the best team you know we're yeah, you we're the best have, team yeah. at the I, moment and I and I have- I I think that Moyes is probably a bit resentful that no one's acknowledging that but it's yeah. probably more like Jim and thinks, well, this works to our advantage. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, I, I think, I think, think so, yeah.
2: Um, I think the acid test, however, I, I, I agree with everything and I, I, I'm loving it at the moment. But I do think the acid test, I don't really count Man United as one of the really top teams. I know they've got loads of fantastic players mm. or whatever, mm. but I think the manager's shit, actually. And I, I, yeah. I, I don't think their midfield's not as good as ours and, you know... Um, yeah, I think the acid test is how we play against Chelsea, Man City, and Liverpool. We got next to bugger yeah. all out of them last season. Got one point, I think, against Man City at home. Um, yeah. And I feel that's where we've got. You know, that will be the real marker. Are we properly competitive? I felt in those that he, days? He,
3: Moyes, Moyes showed too much respect against those teams I last agree. season, and against and against United. But I thought, saw signs that the way we set up against United suggests that he is thinking differently this year and think, right, it's time yeah. for us to go a little bit more toe-to-toe. I yeah, hope, because like you said, we've only seen it in one game against United and United are the lesser of those clubs. Yes. Um but he did so I thought I hope he doesn't cuz last season it was a, the only thing that annoyed me about Moyes was when we came up against those teams especially liverpool who were vulnerable and at that stage we had a much better chance of qualifying for the champions league than they did yeah. and yeah. we and they had in and they had injuries yeah, and we, we turned out like we were a relega- we, we were fighting relegation and yeah. we would we kind of like rolled out the red carpet for them and i i don't know like you say the football's evolving and i think Moyes is ambitious and he'll be thinking this year I want the players to try something a bit more against these top teams. So hopefully I still think that we'll probably lose more than we win against those three clubs. Oh
0: yeah. But I think
3: we'll do, We'll get good. a better points. We'll get a better points return. I hope than last season. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, well, we've got two games coming up this week as well. In fact, the first one is tomorrow and the next one Sunday. Uh, we have got, um, uh, rapid Vienna and Brentford, haven't we? Um, what do we think will happen, prediction-wise, in those games, Jim?
2: Um, well, I, 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 all the European games are a bit of an unknown quantity for me. Um, Vienna lost their lost their first game, but I suspect they'll they'll be um, difficult to break down. I think they'll set up probably a, a, like a typical away team in Europe defensively, um, and maybe at the moment, as a, you think, as a Southampton game, for example, maybe that's an area where. You know, we we do still struggle a little bit to to just to break down a very solid defensive lineup. But you've got to fancy us, so I would have thought. Yeah. You know, following the Zagreb game, but I think it will be tight. I think one of those kind of tight KG games, um, and it might be frustrating at times. I'm expecting them to be classically kind of niggly and time wasty and, and whatever. Uh, I think we're gonna we're we're, we're gonna win
0: it one nil. One nil, Sam. What do you reckon?
2: Yeah.
3: I reckon two 0 on the basis of no knowledge of Vienna. You know, <laughs> yeah. No, I, I don't know, I, I figure Zagreb was, was Zagreb away was the, easily the toughest fixture to my mind yeah. in the group, and we we won that at a canter. So I think we'll beat Vienna two nil. But two-nil, I don't yeah. know if that rationale adds really yeah. up
0: we we um you know it 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 is sort of momentarily knocks you off your stride when a team does to you what you normally do to them like southampton uh harzenhoodle mm. had them just sort of sit very deep and let us play in front of them and um mm. you know hopefully with everyone firing we can pick our way through like which is what you know, teams like City do against a team that sort of sits and says, you know, we're going to just yeah. let you play in front of us. Well, hopefully that means that eventually we'll just find a killer pass and slot it in, you know. And I think sort of Bowen's on form at the moment. Yeah, yeah, Bowen's on form. Ben Rama's on form. It depends you who know. he
3: plays. It depends who he plays. He didn't play. Did, he play? Did he play Bowen and Ben Rama? I can't remember against uh, Dynamo Zagreb. I, I, don't, I don't know if he'll... No, I he don't remember. Play. I mean, he it didn't feels play like Bowen. For...
0: No, yeah.
3: Yeah. I mean maybe it's a night we haven't seen Vlasic really hit hit his stride yet. Maybe this could be a good night for him to do that.
0: Yeah, good night for him to start. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh well I am yes, I'll say uh I'll say three one. Three one. Um all right, and then it's Brentford on Sunday. Yeah. Now they're going well. They're
2: proving aren't they? that, yeah, they are. They're proving the real surprise package this uh, this season. there usually is a surprise package coming out of the yeah. promoted teams, uh, and it does look like them. Um, they are, they've got a very likable manager. They're a very likable lot, really, aren't they? Um, mm. uh, I think. Yeah, you know, I went to that game. You know, the friendly there. You know, and which, oh, yeah. was, which was a cagey game, typical kind of pre-season friendly in many ways. We just had that little bit of quality. I I, I think they'll be quite gung-ho. I think they'll play the way they play. Um, uh, But again, I I think it'll be a tight game and we'll probably just have that little bit too much for them. So I'm going for 2-1.
3: 2-1. Sam, what do you reckon? Do I have to choose a different score? can't remember the rules. Because I was was going to say 2-1 for the same reasons. So instead I will say three one to West Ham. I think in the Premier League at the moment we always look like we'll concede one goal.
2: Yes. Yeah.
3: Um but but we'll have too much of them ultimately, yeah. That's what I hope.
0: Then following the formula of our, our predictions for Rapid Vienna, I will take one nil. <laughs> It uh, okay. seems, seems okay. fair just to distribute okay. the the, the three possible scores around <laughs> amongst the three of us um, yeah. now yes we we, we uh, have been instructed to keep these podcasts a little bit sort of shorter these days, so um, uh, we might not have time to discuss um, the Brazilian shirt. Name Nine. The Brazilian shirt name Plus, podcast yeah. that you're on, Sam, but we should discuss it. Um, let's have you on again very soon and talk about it then. But in the meantime, people mm. can do their homework and uh, Google Brazilian shirt name podcast to hear you talking to a couple of people about um, the Manchester fixture in which Tevez scored. And of course, yeah. then the fallout, which became known as the Tevez affair. Interesting. interesting yeah, they, they
3: basically, they, on this podcast, which is a good podcast, they, Tim Vickery and uh, Don Adabai, they pick out a different game from history and just focus right in on that game. It could be any game, international, club football, whatever. And they look at it, and they look at it in a bit of social and cultural context as well. Um, so it gets a bit highbrow and I switch off to be honest but I was I was so there for the uh, Carlos Tevez chat there's a lot of kind of lazy assumptions isn't there that yeah, you yeah. Find from people who don't follow West Ham or Sheffield United yeah. about what happened there and so I was delighted to put it straight and another reason why the Stop Hammer Time Facebook page is such a fantastic place is that I really wanted to go in fully briefed I didn't want anyone catching me out or asking me a question I didn't know the answer to. I felt like I knew it, but I really wanted to catch up. So I thought I'll ask the lads on Stop Hammer Time, but... All anyone yeah. listening who got back to me, thanks, because it was a bloody, it's a worth a read. I mean, you've got yeah. an archive there of every single bit of information <laughs> and argument you could possibly yeah, ever require on the Tevez scandal. It Absolutely. was brilliant, so thanks to everyone who helped me out on that. Yeah,
0: and it would be good for us to have a little sort of debrief chat about it as well. Yeah, do listen to a Brazilian mm. shirt named podcast for an incredibly surreal uh, conversation about music as well. Um,
3: <laughs> yeah. We, <laughs> yeah, that we, was weird.
0: Suddenly everyone forgot Amy Winehouse's surname. Uh, They just couldn't remember her surname.
3: Um, Oh, yeah, I noticed that. Yeah, I'm Um, sorry, I went along with that because they they started calling her Amy and and I I wouldn't usually do that, Phil, but I don't know. I mean, you know... Would you get dragged into something like that? I got dragged into it. I hope that you appreciate that. I was dragged into something I felt uncomfortable with. No,
0: I sensed that. I sensed that that was happening, that you were sort of dragged into it against (laughs) your will. and also (laughs) you you think that made me look quite weak? It's an incredibly surreal conversation about pop music where like, one of them's contention yeah. about the Manic Street Preachers is like, you can't be a, <laughs> yeah. and I yeah. don't like the Manic Street Preachers, but, you know, if you do, no. whether you do or don't, they've got a right to exist without having researched the entire history of music before they formed yeah, their yeah. group. Yeah. Um, and but then I can and tell then you
3: something about that.
0: Then those then two other guys... Tim Vickery... Weird... A... Go on,
3: sorry. No, go on, go on. It's going to a weird, sort of
0: weird pissing contest, which I have seen before happen amongst men, uh, where they kind of go. One of them's like, "Well, of course you've got no Rolling Stones without uh, Muddy Waters," and the other one goes, "Well, <laughs> you wouldn't have him without Howling Wolf." And then they basically go back, yeah, to yeah, like, yeah,
3: yeah. You know, <laughs>
0: Cro-Magnon man going, "Well, you wouldn't, <laughs> have, a, yeah, you <laughs> wouldn't have a
3: man <laughs> <to> <laughs> <not> <laughs>
0: signalling <laughs> saber-tooth tiger <type laughs> coming near without woman <laughs> <to name laughs> saying mammoth nearly ready." You should all come home. It's literally just a pissing contest, but based on this contention that pop groups don't have a right to exist unless they've researched the whole history of music before. And you um, you know, push back against that by going, well, I think any group's got sort of a right to just be influenced by, you know, the records they've got or the stuff they hear. They don't have to go and (laughs) do a fucking degree in music before they form a group.
3: uh, Tim Vickery shouted at me. Are you saying that ignorance isn't a problem? And I sort of <laughs> yeah, thought, well, of yeah. course it's not a problem. I mean, yeah. What about the sex pistols? I don't yeah. think they'd fucking. What do you want people to have a degree in the history of pop music?
0: Yeah. Anyway, having oh, said well. we not wouldn't talk about it. We have now talked about <laughs> it. But <laughs> um, Let's talk about. Have, we should yeah. talk about the Tevez part in another podcast very soon. But um, yes, in the meantime, this is Stop Hammer Time. My name is Phil Whelans and with me this be- week, be weak, be weak. Be Week? Yes. That's not a word. Weak, yeah. It's Jim Grant. Cheerio. And Sam Delaney. All the best. Come on, you irons.
1: If you want to advertise on or sponsor this show, check us
0: out at playbackmedia.co.uk.
1: Sports Social Podcast Network.